How are you, Curtis? I'm good, man. It's been a long night. Yeah? Yeah. Sorry about that. Work stuff? Fun stuff? Fun, just, I was going to be really responsible so that I could do your podcast. And then someone was like, hey, do you want these drugs? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Here I am, trying to hang in there, talk to you. Oh, God, what's that? Good morning, or on some coasts, afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about justice and the execution thereof. I'm your host, Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. And I have just an excellent panel with me today. First up, he's at Anthony Lopez, part two on Twitter in Portland, Oregon. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. Hey, Alex. I uh, am excited. Thank you for letting me finally see Avabados see justice. Yeah, that's the world where that happens. Yeah, in uh, law and order. <laughs> they actually <laughs> talked about bringing this series back just so they could do a long episode about Robert Durst again. Yep. After I, after the documentary. Well, I mean, after that documentary made all that money, Dick Wolf was like, ah, it's money left on the table. That should have been my money. If there's one thing Dick Wolf does not like, it's leaving a dollar on the table. No, he does not. Also no. joining us uh, from Skeptic.org, she's at Amandable on Twitter in Boston, right? You're in Boston. That is correct. And it's, it's Amanda on, on the best coast. This is weird I, amount of pride for Boston. Thanks, thanks for letting me uh, watch some real spunky female prosecutors. Yeah, good thing you didn't see much of the first three seasons when they didn't have female characters. <laughs> Around season uh, four, there was yeah. like a big deal where the network was like, do you know any women? And they were like, we can find a couple. <laughs> We've got some lying around. Yeah. No, the uh, New York actor community is real sausage fest. <laughs> Wait, I don't know what to tell you, NBC. <laughs> I don't know if you've been out to New York, but it's just dudes as far as I can see. It, and it's just dude, dude character actors who can move crates. That's the only thing we can find. Uh, for for a show that was had to like be forced to put women in too, they created some of the best female characters on television too. I just love uh, Anita, the the head of the the department, and. Uh, Oh man, so many more characters. Oh, the Emmy. She's my favorite on television history. Yeah, and... well, Dick Wolf <laughs> doesn't like half measures, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and also he's, really, he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it all the way. A very special I just want to. Mis- Go ahead. I just wanted, by the way, I just want to say I really like mythologize Dick Wolf in my head. So I'm gonna refer to him as like like that a lot yeah. as like the sole visionary behind every choice ever made in Law and Order. <laughs> I think it's fair. That's fun. All right, so, very special guest today, you guys. Uh, he's a writer for the Jim Jeffrey shows on Comedy Central, and had a very responsible evening, so getting a lot of sleep and drinking a lot of water, so he could be here today. He's at Curtis Cook on Twitter with an underscore in the middle, Curtis underscore Cook. Uh, please welcome Mr. Curtis Cook. Oh, thank you so much, Alex. It's a pleasure to be here. What is your? Uh, uh, what's the thing that stands out with you? Like your first reaction to having watched this for us? Oh. Uh, I, uh, you you did watch it, right? Yeah, I watched it. It was not as good as SVU. Oh shit! All right. Well, we're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, so this is episode <laughs> number three hundred and ninety-five of the podcast. 
We've now, I know. We've now done as many episodes as the highway designation of the major thoroughfare that ran through the small town I grew up in. Aww. I spent a lot of time getting on and getting off uh, US 395. And it was, so this is a, it's a small town. It has two freeways <laughs> through it. No, check this out. It has two freeways through it. And there was an interchange. And they called it the Spaghetti Bowl, which would make <laughs> perfect sense if you were eating spaghetti, but you had also already eaten a full other meal. So you only wanted four noodles. It's a very small thing to be called the spaghetti. It was like, you can just go left or right. It's more of an intersection. <laughs> and they also, they also changed the names of most of it since I left town. It's, it's grown up, and now it's an interstate. It used to just be a U.S., and now it's an I. So now it's I-580, which is more important but less cool. Coming up in the world. Yeah. But anyway, speaking of journeys I went on as a younger man, this week we're talking about law and order. Just the real one, not the one Curtis, Curtis likes where they only show oogie crimes. That's the one that everybody likes. People like that no. one, and it surprises me because I, no. I have watched all twenty seasons of regular Law and Order except the Oogie episodes. When it gets Oogie, I skip it. I'm uh, with you. Good, yeah, like that. Yeah. I, I don't need that much real life in my TV. Yeah, it's not real life. There's vindication at the end. <laughs> uh, Touche. But still, just so much. Uh, so much. <laughs> So much bad I mean, feeling inside. <laughs> I, I'm honestly, I think this is an interesting dividing line because I'm with Codus. I uh, really? definitely, I don't think I had ever seen an episode of original Law and Order until wow. this run, but I've seen a lot of SVU. Wow. Uh, but that's also because I feel like there was like a two year window in like the mid early aughts. When you couldn't look at a TV and not see SVU on, it was just on literally every channel six times a day. So I've watched a lot of it that way. But also, I think I've always had this theory that SVU, besides sort of like its subject matter, which is kind of, um, you know, uh, yeah, it's also it has the best cast and cast dynamic. Again, I haven't seen a lot of it, but it really is like uh, Musha Hodegay, uh, Ice T, Belzer and uh, Chris Maloney just have such a good dynamic and a really good cast. You know, B.D. Wong's the the tech guy, just really good stuff in SVU. I like, I've always I, liked it. I believe that, and I, I believe that I'm not wrong, but I am in the minority in this opinion. <laughs> it seems like a lot of people love SVU, and I, in a way that I don't understand, like if you told me the pitch, I'd be like, no one's going to watch that show. But I've mm-hmm, like gone over mm-hmm. to people's houses, and oh, like I went over to uh, our, our mutual friend Zach's apartment one time, and his his roommate was just sitting on the couch watching SVU with his parents. And I just don't, I just don't know when that would feel like a good idea. But they had a great time. They watched it. The rapist got caught, uh, got arrested. Then they went out to dinner as a family. And it was just so strange. Well, SVU also does like the weird uh, like Second Life weird techno cases. Stories yeah, yeah, that they yeah. they rip from the headlines, so that's always fun. There's an occasional Sometimes one of those get... in the later regular uh, Law and Order or Law and Order Vanilla, I guess we'll call it. Um, one time, Chris Maloney had to go into a video game to find a child molester. I don't know what. If you can't find, <laughs> if you can't find enjoyment in that, then I I can't help. You. I don't know what you could find enjoyment. Look, in. like you I know said, what you I mean? guys have this. You, this is a mainstream opinion. It would. What would be really weird is you if you had come on and been like, I only watch the true Law and Order, Law and Order UK. Where they have oh the wigs God. and the dresses and everything. It's so bad. Oh, that's a real thing? Yeah, it's a real thing. It is. There's oh, also no, one I, under LA, which I haven't watched any of. And then there's, uh, there's what's the one crimes. when Kristen Christo, Offio sweats in a suit a lot? Um, or not major crimes. Um, 
Criminal, criminal intent. Criminal intent. intent. Yeah, criminal That's intent. The, guy, the, the bug alien from uh, Men in Black is a deception. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, he really got his life together. Had a, had a bad run in with the MIB and realized, you know what? I got to go back to school. And so he's just sitting there in, in his office, uh, and they bring oh. in a case, and he's like, "Sugar and water." After him, it was a. Uh, who's that guy from Jurassic Park? Jeff Goldblum? Yeah, yeah so Jeff Goldblum is in that. ever had bug-related actors do that role. <laughs> it, it, that is supposed to be, uh, like, it's serial, serial killers and, and mobsters or something, right? I haven't actually watched it, but they do some crossovers with the, with the vanilla one. Yeah. I mean, they do crossovers in general, right? The whole... Yeah, yeah. Talk about, like... We did, you know, the beginning of The Mummy, but you want to talk about the original cinematic universe. <laughs> yeah, the Lawnor cinematic universe. <laughs> right, because there's also the ho- uh, Homicide, Life mm. on the Streets. Yeah. Isn't that, like, doesn't, don't they cross over with that show, too? Well, the, the pilot of the show, they're like, they're like, captain was the captain for Law & Order SVU. Yeah. I don't, know if, I don't know if he was supposed to be playing the same character, but I was like, holy shit, he, like... He came over from Law and Order because he's not in any of the other series. I don't know where he went between like the pilot and you know whenever SVU premiered. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of interesting to see him. I wasn't sure if he was supposed to be playing the same person or not. So the reason we're talking about this this week is because I had jury duty, and so I was sitting and yeah. I was sitting there. That and sounds I was, like something you would be excited about. <laughs> I didn't say I was excited about it, although I did get fifteen dollars a day. So. Woohoo. Well, Big money. I will eventually. It takes four to six weeks, and they're going to mail me two separate checks. So I'm going to eventually have gotten $30. But I was not, I'm not stoked about it, but I was in there. I was sitting in the, in the waiting room, and they show this movie. And the, in the movie, they're like talking about what to expect. And there's this lady who's like, you know, you walk into the courtroom, and it's, it's so familiar because of TV. But like, this isn't TV. This is real life. And uh, which is very disingenuous sounding coming from a TV, but uh, I, 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 I thought you were gonna say that you were like it was like an amusement park ride, and you know how they sometimes will play videos while you wait on yeah, amusement yeah, yeah, park ride to get time. you in the tone. <laughs> I thought they were just playing Law and Order in the waiting room to be like, "This is what you guys are gonna do." Oh, that would get be so likes. good. Uh, that would be so good. Um, I'm pretty sure the lawyers would be way against that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. So I can, I know the lawyer community does not like the show in general. Although it still did make the top five best shows about lawyers from the bar association's uh, annual mm. magazine last year. But the, um, but I, the show makes me like lawyers and cops way more than I do in real life. So it does seem like the prosecution side would be okay <laughs> with this, right? Because it. This definitely makes yeah, me feel like voting guilty is more acceptable than it is when I'm like see the people that I have to vote for. Yeah, I think that's the thing. You don't want to have people watching the show that's all about give the bad guys justice immediately before they have to decide if someone's a bad guy or not. Well, but you're kind of like I, I guess I think of jury duty like it's sort of home court advantage, right? It seems like <laughs> this is the prosecution. So yes, yeah, so the defense attorneys wouldn't like it, but the prose- like the DAs would be like, yeah, show them law and order. They'll love it. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I also think you, Amanda, you just stumbled across like a billion dollar idea. What about Twitter <laughs> meets American Idol? Right? People have to text in at real time to decide if the person's guilty or not. Wouldn't that be an amazing show? 
This is, I, this is getting a, a little too ancient Rome. Yeah, <laughs> just this, toss him to the lions. I don't know if this is a billion dollar idea as such, but it definitely feels like an episode of Black Mirror, which has got to be worth a couple yes. million. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, I yeah. So I was in jury duty. I was thinking about this, and th- like I like I said, I watched all twenty seasons of Vanilla Law and Order, and then <laughs> I was go- I was going to watch more of this stuff, but I couldn't do SVU, and it, Criminal Intent was a little corny at first, <laughs> and. Uh, I didn't. I couldn't find a place to watch Law and Order UK, but I will. Um, and so I ended up stumbling <laughs> oh, off on other shows. But it's hilarious. It's <laughs> so bad and hilarious. I like the costumes their lawyers have to wear. They're baristas. Yeah, it's got a, It's <laughs> definitely. It's got Jamie Bamber in it, who, when he's not doing a fake American accent, has this really like high-pitched very feminine voice and he's trying to be this badass lawyer and he's like well excuse me judge <laughs> like i just lost it every time he opened his mouth oh that's fun oh, okay yeah. i'm definitely into that now uh well so i uh, uh let's see oh if you want to if you are like stuck doing something that you don't want to do and it reminds you of a tv show and you want to force us to watch that show you can vote for topics by becoming a meat buddy today go to readdistrict.com slash meat buddies and you can you'll be given access to a secret portal where you can vote on upcoming topics, uh, and also you support the show. I really appreciate it. Now let me summarize for people who haven't actually watched any <laughs> Vanilla Law and Order. What are you laughing at, Curtis? I just like business Falcone. <laughs> I enjoy hanging out with you, Curtis, because I do like to be negged a little, and you're <laughs> always willing to provide that for me. I don't want you to confidently say meat buddies in porthole. <laughs> well, yeah, so there's some silliness to my business, Falcon, I guess. Um, anyway, let me summarize the episode, this, the show. So this is from Scott on IMDb. You guys know his work? Oh, absolutely. Uh, oh, I've been a big follower of Scott, yeah. In New York City, when a crime is committed, the victims are represented by two distinctly separate yet forever entwined groups of people. So far, Scott's just rewriting the intro with fancier words. Yeah, I might take a... Hey, don't don't come to Dick Wolf and try to you know perfect perfection, all right, buddy? Yeah, it's like don't Tarantino rewriting spin. the Bible for Pulp Fiction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a police department represented here by the 27th Precinct Homicide Detectives in Manhattan. Uh, it is also it is their job to investigate the crime, collect evidence, interview witnesses, and then when the evidence points to a suspect or suspects, they will place them under arrest. The matter is then taken over by the prosecutors, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, who discuss deals and plea bargains, prepare the witness and evidence, and all while conducting the people's case in the trial of the accused. Uh, I like when they say the people's case. I don't know, it just makes me feel like I'm part of it. Both teams work Aww. together, as well as the medical examiner's office, crime lab, police, and district attorney psychologists and, or psychiatrists. Matters are rarely resolved easily, or for the people involved, satisfactorily. <laughs> Crimes are committed which freak, frequently create public unrest and controversy. Race, morals, and beliefs are frequently challenged and manipulated. Uh, the guilty can go unpunished, and the innocent can be ruined forever. Wow, Scott, you're getting real dramatic near the end. <laughs> the detectives and prosecutors are weary, clinic, uh, cynical, flawed, human, and vulnerable. They are human. Weird for that to be your fourth out of five adjectives. <laughs> And yet they are somehow still dedicated to their jobs to make the guilty answer for their crimes and gain a sense of justice for the victim and the victim's families. These are their stories. I just really like that that Scott tried so hard to just expound on the intro and not really do yeah. as much original reporting. Did he, he had a, a pretty good thesaurus. Yeah, yeah. He did. <laughs> did he write duh duh at the end of it? <laughs> <laughs> as it's referred to uh, in Hollywood as uh, Dick Wolf's calf's register sound. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, and I guess the one thing I would just add to that, because it doesn't really say, is that every episode starts with a, a cold open of someone discovering a body. Yeah. And then Do you think it's like that in New York? Do you think every day a, a jogging woman sees the worst thing in her life? It's absolutely like that's because I, I did watch. I've been like watching this so often before, right before, like for the year or so before that I went to New York the most recent time. And when I got there, I was just like every nook and cranny. I'm like, is that a foot? <laughs> that looks like a foot. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is you know this Checking is every pre dumpster. yeah you got to check this, this is pre Giuliani New York City right it was different uh, back then uh, yeah actually I think probably part of it was post Giuliani yeah because um, the show went on forever but yes. yeah they uh, one of the episodes that I made you watch is one where like a kid <laughs> is trying to find his braces in a garbage can he's he accidentally throwed his braces and while he's digging through he just finds a hu- severed human hand that's the Robert Durst episode. Uh, oh man, that was fun. I did not watch that one. Okay, <laughs> not when I said episodes I made you. I I picked like seven episodes and I asked you guys to watch as many as you felt up to. I guess. Um, so oh, I guess I should say. Let me pull up. I gotta pull up that list of what I made you guys watch. Uh, while I'm doing that, let's do the compliment sandwich. Uh, so we start and end every show with at least one nice thing. Uh, it's called the compliment sandwich. And Curtis, you're our guest today, so uh, I'm gonna make you go first in our opening compliment. So what's What's your favorite? Oh wait, thing? am nice... I the guest today? Well, you're all guests. You are the first guest. What happened to uh, the two Jewish dudes? Wow, that's an interesting way to refer to one Jewish dude and Chris. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, Ezra's uh, out of town this week, and uh, Chris and Tanya both uh, stepped down from the show to focus on. As far as I can tell, being really funny on Instagram, but uh, they are they're busy with their real lives, and so they had to step back. So, uh, but you know Anthony, and now you're getting to meet Amanda for the first time. Hey, Amanda, it's been really nice getting to know you. Um, <laughs> Thank so, you. Now, Curtis, I want a major compliment yes. for Law and Order. Oh, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Sure. <laughs> wow, Law and Order, what a show! Thank you so much for asking me this question. Uh, my favorite part, uh, as a viewer of most television, uh, I find myself very easily frustrated when the show doesn't specifically tell me the date and time that the scene is taking place. (laughs) Law and Order is the perfect show for me. It, it really sets you up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, did you watch, I think one of the episodes was the one where it was like, what a long day they've had, where the guy, uh, 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 detective, one of the detectives has, has basketball tickets, and so it's just like every time of day, and you're like, oh, he's running out of time, he's not going to get to see the Knicks, what's going to happen? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not I like a bomb countdown, it's just a <laughs> game he'd like to see. Well, he paid a lot for floor tickets, and also, he's a really likable dude, so uh, I just want Jerry Orbach to get everything he wants. <laughs> L- Lenny Briscoe. Uh, Is that Mr. Big? No, that's Chris Noth. Uh, he was, yeah, who, Chris Noth was in the first, like, five seasons, and was just terrific, and then um, I believe Briscoe replaced him. I don't think they ever worked side by side. But yeah, I mean, I loved Chris Noth, but Jerry Orbach, this is his show. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were together in like the season four Mayhem. Like they were together in that one. They were together in a few of them, at least two of the episodes I watched. Oh, they were? Okay, so maybe, together, maybe, yeah. maybe Mayhem is the one that was the one where he was trying to get his tickets. But yeah, okay, so they were together briefly. But um, And then Chris Noth, 
left because they fired someone else and he was like if he goes i go i some that was some i don't remember the story exactly but chris noth like quit in a huff which i enjoy <laughs> um anyway yeah get great compliment chris they do always tell you the time it's very convenient uh amanda i'll have you go second major compliment for law and order uh that they actually explained uh, how. <laughs> so there used to be a forensic science commission. Uh, Jeff Sessions got rid of it. Oh, uh, that yeah. gave recommendations on how to do things like look at fingerprints and make decisions ah. about them. And they did a very excellent job of explaining uh, what chaos it was before that commission existed and what chaos now reigns again. Oh, okay. So I didn't realize there had been an update. So yeah, so one of the episodes that that we watched, which was Myth of Fingerprints twelve dot seven, um, they uh, uh, were talking about how fingerprint identification was a somewhat art as well as science, and involved. Yes, there was, there was each each investigator could choose how many points of similarity they needed in order to find a match. Yes, and uh, it and then it turns out that she's the bad guy and she's been cheating and. She's been only matching six points, which is absurdly low, and she's doing it because she wants to uh, put people in jail because she thinks they're all bad people, and then it turns out most of them yep. are innocent, and she's ruining their lives. Anyway, I didn't realize that was no longer true, so now there is an actual, or there was before Sessions. So what was the, what did the number, what's the official number? Uh, that's an excellent question that I probably should have looked up. Um, oh, come on. But... <laughs> we counted on I... you. I believe it's something like 13. I could be incredibly wrong oh, wow, about that. But it, it depends on the clarity of the print, and it, it depends mm. on a, a whole lot of other things. But, like, 6 is actually is absurdly low, and, like, no one would, would take that as a... Basically, with 6, you can you can look at it and shrug, yeah. and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't say, it's, it's not that guy or it is that guy. You can't even exclude it. You can just go, well... <laughs> For the rest of us, like, if you look at two fingerprints, right, we would just say, yeah, they look like they're the same. Or would we be able to tell, I guess, I mean, as, an, as a layman, if we were looking at a two fingerprints, would we be able to tell right away? Or would you have to show me, like, oh, no, these are the points we like? Um, it, it really depends, because, of course, some fingerprints are obviously very different from each other. And you can go, like, oh, well, yeah, duh, those don't match. Um but you'd be surprised how similar they can look. So the the part where she's talking about, we look at where the uh, the lines branch, like where you have little dots. All of those little things are what are actually considered points of matching. So you have to have all those very small, very unique details match up. Otherwise, I should they're say just similar at this point. In case it wasn't obvious to the listeners, Curtis and Anthony, comedians, Amanda trained in forensics. <laughs> Oh. Yes, not a comedian. I'm sorry. I am not bringing the funny. Uh, no, hilarious. No, I mean, uh, one of my favorite people in the world and always funny, but also knows her shit about fingerprints. And that's one of the reasons I thought yeah. you'd be a good match for this. Uh, actually, a good match. Yeah. Uh, she was like a 15 point match for this show. <laughs> I. And I picked this episode especially for you because I remember it really strongly as for teaching me about fingerprints. And also, I just loved. Because it was one of the, so because the fingerprint identification lady is cheating in favor of the prosecution, the prosecution is kind of like, well, we can just ignore this and keep all these people in jail. But if we say anything, we have to retry every one of her cases. Yeah. And they did the right thing, even when it was inconvenient for them. And that made me feel good about justice. And I mean, I, I kind of feel like I know you didn't mean to do it, but like, I already don't have like the most faith in a justice system. But you also picked, you also picked like 
four out of like the seven episodes you sent ended with like a wrong man being murdered in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Uh, absolutely no justice being served. The system is corrupt and the fingerprint people are going to fuck you over. Man, that's uh, so interesting because I did not your do that on even. Even if someone, like, you get the guy arrested, your father will never look at you the same again, and you are got to be publicly embarrassed. It's just, it's a real, real bummer run. I we love have. that, because it's not, Law & Order Vanilla is definitely not a cynical show, and by and large, the police are right, the attorneys win, uh justice is served uh, but i love the ones where there where that doesn't happen and because i am a little more cynical as well even though uh maybe compared to you i generally think the system is working well that's why i was a good juror um <laughs> i don't know if that's true i just think that's a funny thing to say um <laughs> although i, I mean, do i do say guilty for everybody that's why that's my thing as a juror always guilty and also i have like- public speaking skills so let me be the foreman oh. Also, wasn't there a story last year of like a lab worker who did DNA cases having like something like two, three hundred cases have to be retrialed because she was also uh, cheating on results? Wasn't that last year? No, that was a, a, a chemist. Um, that was Annie oh. Ducan here in Massachusetts oh. who did that. And it's I think it's more than that number of cases. Oh, it's Jesus. A lot. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, like that's horrifying. What was she doing? Uh, she was just making shit up. She like wasn't actually doing the lab work. Um, oh, I, we've all been there. Yeah, that does sound like <laughs> the worst part of that job. <laughs> <laughs> the lab. Credit. I mean, the the best part has to be being on the stand and be like, "Yes, I can one hundred percent say this person did it." That's gotta feel good, right? And this this is yeah, why, like, it is feeling. supposedly why you you would actually be concerned about giving fingerprints or DNA or whatever when. Uh, police ask if, even if you're innocent because you're in a database where that, someone like that could false positive you that is one of my notes actually oh good <laughs> like don't just do that when they ask make them get a fucking warrant <laughs> yeah oh good good advice all right uh did you guys see the thing with the dudes that just looked similar yeah, oh, yeah that was crazy oh man that, that was like they, 12 years right when he got really, out his really doppelganger yeah. got I think he was like 17 years in prison oh, he was Jesus. Yeah. It's been a it's like a weird week to do law and order cuz there's been like three or four pretty ridiculous court things. But I mean, yeah. can you say that about like almost every week for the last uh, month? I and think so, yeah. A successful series. Well, certainly the the Cosby <laughs> trial would be ripped from the headlines were it to be oh, yeah. the show to still be running. That would be on SVU, yeah. Oh, yeah, I guess it would be SVU, yeah. George Wallace to play Bill Cosby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess I don't have a big belief in the system working super well this week, because there was that, and there was the... Another cop? Another cop? That teenage girl? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yep. Man, justice is super hard. How many... Do you guys think I like I want to make a viral video that's just a five minute mashup of people crying as their sentence? Do you think that's like <laughs> oh, that's such a weird opinion I mean, given what you were just talking you, about? Are you are you going for like yakety sack behind it or something <laughs> more like melancholy? And that's really gonna affect the tone. And oh, I had thought about yakety sack, but that's definitely going in there. From Law and Order or from real life? Oh, from real life. Oh, jeez. Um. That might work. I mean, justice porn is a thing. People, and people love uh, uh, supercuts. Oh, yeah. love that. The, the video is not the... Montage. Yeah. Um, 
All right. My compliment uh, is... Uh, oh, my major compliment is for the food. Definitely. Because uh, one thing that I think is iconic about New York is eating greasy food. And especially uh, Deten- uh, Lenny Briscoe, Detective Briscoe, loves food and this show shows him eating like they're just eating almost all the time and i love it they've always got uh, coffee in that blue cup with the greek columns on it he's always getting a pretzel or a hot dog right outside of the courtroom um or briscoe will be like oh we got to go investigate someone up in the bronx oh let's go to that sandwich place you know like they're always (laughs) he's always looking for a place to eat and they show them like eating and talking and it it, i mean i so as a genuine compliment i think that it's amazing how much realism that adds to a show because people are eating all the time in my normal life and on TV they don't eat very much. <laughs> you think that's what Jerry Orbach brought to like he would just like He's on really the set and be set. like, okay, we're gonna shoot this in this corner. He's like, there's a hot dog truck right there. Why don't we just mosey <laughs> it on? I mean I genuinely <laughs> love how they shot New York and I think a big part of that is them stopping and getting food a lot on the street. <laughs> I think it was just good. in the middle of a take he would just wand over <laughs> wander over to a taco truck. Yeah, and the was... camera guy would be like, stay with him, stay with him, stay with him. <laughs> That was the that was part of his his writer. Yeah, his contract is like anytime Jerry wants to eat, he gets to eat. Uh, man, actually, probably eating on set like that is really gross because you've also been eating in the craft buster between takes the whole time. So yeah. and when you know, Fincher guest directs an episode, right. you're doing like fifty takes. You know, gotta <laughs> uh, be tough. All right, Anthony, what's your major compliment for Law and Order Vanilla? Uh, so. I was like thinking about this. We watched the pilot, which was aired as the sixth episode, which yeah. happens a lot. But I like, watched the very first Law and Order episode, and I just I kept thinking again about like this mythology of Dick Wolf and like <laughs> this idea. <laughs> Imagine nailing something so hard the first time out yeah. that you were like, "We never have to do anything different again." Yeah, uh, we're gonna take this format. We're gonna put it in different shows. But see what I just did, you guys. That was so fucking good. Just Mad Libs that for the rest of your goddamn life. Yeah. The pieces of that pilot are in probably 10,000 episodes of television now. I mean, really nailed it. You look at the way, like, South Park or any other, like, The Simpsons or any other long-running show. There's not a lot of good, like, uh, modern-day EO even. Like, so many things have changed so frequently. And, like, you kind of get, like... I mean, I guess some of those things are, like, still pretty similar. But Law & Order is just, like, spread across different shows. And he's just ripped off so much. It's just... It's crazy how everything is there in the pilot. Every single thing that became Law & Order. Like, iconic. It's nuts. Oh, we did, we almost uh, we didn't even mention Law and Order Trial by Jury. I forgot about that series. There was another season that focused I, on the uh, uh, criminal trials. Ooh. See, there's just so much. There was also a movie. Uh, there was Exiled, also that Law one, Order movie. There was that uh, buddy cop series about Detective John Law and Peter Order, and they how they had to uh, <laughs> <laughs> clean up the mean streets. The dirty way. <laughs> I actually really one of the things I, I mean one of the things I love about the show is that it is formulaic in a way that is very comforting, but then also in a way like they play they play with it. Well, I'm going to talk about this more later while yeah. Curtis laps at me for it. But what I mean it like <laughs> so Law and Order for me was like is like a it was a is a perfect background show. It was a perfect show to put on and then do work. Like yeah. I didn't watch 20 seasons of this show sitting facing the TV. I watched yeah. 20 seasons of the show on my like monitor to the right while I was working on the monitor to the left and. And I used to do like I was like doing boring programming jobs, and so I was like just needed to be typing, type, 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 and then someone would solve a crime next to me, 
and it was yeah. great. And it, but and so having that formula allows you to like kind of turn and jump in and know where you are. And that's one of the reasons yeah. why it plays so well in syndication mm-hmm. forever. Well, and it's also that like it is a great background show because you could just be watching it out of the corner of your eye and be like. Who's that first person they introduced? Ah, there's something fishy going on there. That'll be back later. Like, you you kind of just know enough about what's happening, even if you're not paying it directly towards it, because you just know the tropes so well, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, apparently, the show is, is stolen from a 1963 show called Arrest and Trial. That's about... <laughs> yeah. That's a much worse name. It yeah. is, and it's, and it's got the and instead of the ampersand, so... Uh, they think? That, that was a smart move. Um, that Dick Wolf pass on it, you know? Got that. <laughs> got that guy looking at. Yeah. Anyway, um, so let's. So, what, do you guys have a background show? I guess since I asked that, do you have a show that you enjoy, like, kind of like letting it wash over you, but don't watch every moment of? It's a somewhat similar. I like watching uh, Leverage for that. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm on that show. Like the, they're gonna go help people, and you know what the end is gonna be, and everything's happy by the end. Like, yay! Yeah, I was I was on uh, I was an extra in Leverage one time because that shot, oh really that whole show shot uh, like in in Portland. It was it was shot in Portland as other places, not like right, right. Never, so like the uh, a lot of the time you'd, I'd be walking down a street and I would see all our street signs would be covered with the same sign in Arabic, uh, <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, Leverage is here, and then they'd run by and blow up a car, and yeah. They shot a. Oh, they, that's really cool. Yeah, it was it was it was really fun. They shot a, a scene where a guy jumped off the roof like right above my apartment, and uh, he was like tied to a crane. It was a really great stunt, and it was like <laughs> we were just walking home at midnight. My wife and I we'd been out for the evening, and we were walking home, and we just see a guy jump off our roof and then dangle in midair, and the whole street applauded. <laughs> that was leverage. That is fantastic. <laughs> and the episode I was on, uh, which was an ep- was called the Gold Job, which is not a sex maneuver. Um, but the gold yeah. job, uh, I they were they're so cheap. They hired so few extras that I am. You can see me in the background of both sides of the factory. Like you Aww. see me walking out of a safe on the right, and then the camera kind of like pans over, and you see me standing on the left with glasses on, taking notes. Because they <laughs> like were just totally different, dude. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, he put on glasses. You, he won't. I, I Clark Kented to the other side of the uh-huh. factory, and they didn't notice. It it's just a- your twin brother with astigmatism over <laughs> <Yeah>. the counter. <laughs> Well, oh, I'm going to have to actually look at that episode now instead of just listening to it. Well, yeah, it's not my finest <laughs> moment, but it does show a lot of acting range. You know, I, like I was basically the clumps by myself. <laughs> uh, oh, that's so cool. Do you, uh, Anthony and Curtis, do you have a background show? Uh, I usually go old movies for background stuff. I just sort of like putting on a movie I've seen a few times and just having oh, it play yeah, in yeah. the background while I do other stuff. I don't really have like a show. I mean, maybe like Lost. I'll put on an episode oh, every once in a while and just watch that because I, stuff you've, I you've really see, enjoy seen Lost. A lot of, yeah, you've seen before. Yeah. What, what's like an old a go-to movie that you've seen a bunch of times that you might put on the background? Uh... Uh, something like I, I just rewatched uh like Jackie Brown while mm. writing something. Oh. Just like a movie's like a nice comfort blanket. Uh, mm. really like that movie quite a bit. Curtis, do you just put on the sounds of people being unhappy, like screams and yeah. stuff? I just watched that kid getting sent to work camp in North Korea on like a loop. <laughs> <laughs> Man. And just and just say things to him like, "Been there, buddy." <laughs> Mondays, am I right? <laughs> I, uh, uh, I feel that. <laughs> my girlfriend is very into PBS shows, 
So whenever she put like Rick Steves, I'll do a lot of stuff to Rick Steves. Rick Steves? What's Rick Steves? Rick Steves is like a tamer Anthony Bourdain. Oh, oh, wow. He looks goofy. He <laughs> looks like you and your girlfriend would be real mean to him in person. <laughs> and by that, I mean, he looks like like a, like even goofier me. <laughs> he looks like me if I smiled more and my glasses didn't have rims. I think you would make a great Rick Steves one day because it's like it's not a some it's not a way you're born. It's something that you become. <laughs> oh, you think I could grow into into a Rick Steves? Yeah, like you what, what's the rite of passage? You. Yeah, what do I have to do to officially be given Rick Steves status? Oh man. That's a good question. I don't know because I've never actually watched the show. It's just on while I hire. <laughs> that kind of like a travel show is a good background show, definitely, because you like, look up and you're like, what's Rick Steves eating? Oh, that looks good. And then go back to work. Yeah, he he's never dislikes anything. I think it's a little Oh, bit. okay. He's like, he's like Anthony Bourdain without all of the things that make Anthony Bourdain good. Yeah, well, I don't like Anthony Bourdain. Well, I know this is controversial. Uh-oh. But I don't really like him. Oh, man. Yep, Anthony I Bourdain mean, is funny. He eats gross stuff and he does drugs everywhere he goes. How could you not like him? Something I just feel I just think he would be mean to me if I ever met him, you know? <sighs> yeah, but he I think would. he would be it's, mean it's to you for like Yeah. He'd be mean to you for like 10 minutes and then he'd be like you want to go get fucked up in the coolest hidden place in this city and you'd be like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, he would take you to an and opium then, den. It would be the best night of your life. I've never done opium before, I don't think. He'd take you to an opium (laughs) den, you'd eat like the eyes out of a pig's head while it's still alive, and he'd be like, mazel tov, and then he'd get a tattoo by hand. And then he'd be a little too casually cool with the really fucked up thing happening in the back room. Like, you don't know exactly what's there. You just hear, like, some, like, like quiet, muffled noise. And he's like, yeah, man, that's just the nature of the beast. You want to hang out in these kind of places. And, like, yeah, Jesus, yeah. boy, Dave. There's a cannibalism yeah. club back there, but yeah. uh, that's not really my thing. And then you would just yeah. look at Yeah, he just seems like he's just done everything. You guys may have changed my mind. Just now. <laughs> uh, I like. Do you, so. Um, what's your? So, it seems like you get, we get to get two votes for SVU as your experience. Amanda, had you watched much of the show before? I have seen like an episode of each type of Law and Order. Well, so let's go with this then. As a as a person in this in a related field, how how does this relate relate to the actual world for you did this does because i know if you show me a movie mm. with stand-up in it i'm gonna be like we don't have lockers what are you talking about like <laughs> it's gonna be something stupid um and so i assume that lawyers and cops also think this is stupid but something's got to be real out of all of this i guess i have a belief that this is reasonably similar to real life so what, what what's your experience watching it as a person who knows things uh, well, as not a lawyer or a cop, I can't, you know some I can't things. speak for them. But uh, no, I got to say, I was actually pretty impressed with how they, uh, how close to right they got the science. Um, and from you know stories I've heard from actual lawyers and cops, um, the way that they uh, portray people like interacting with lawyers and cops seems pretty true to life. Oh. 
Well, like like how, how, how normal civilians like react to things. It, it seems like they, they did that pretty well. I could be totally wrong, but... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on what part of it. Because one thing that always bugs me about this show is it feels like when they're investigating, people yeah. are too helpful. Because um, they always go into huh. a place and the, uh, like they go into a 7-Eleven and they're like well, the Robert Durst one. They were like, they go into a 7-Eleven and she's like, oh yeah, that guy, he always buys two packs of chewing gum and he pays in cash. And he, right, like they just, they just. Oh, funny hat guy? Yeah, he was oh, they... Tuesday the night before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About 7 p.m., I'd say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, everyone remembers times. Yeah, that happens a lot. And I, and I feel like that is a weird thing. Like, if a cop came oh, and asked it's... me any... Like, if someone asked me for directions, I panic. There's no way <laughs> I'm going to be ready to, like, See, tell a cop. that would be me, too. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. I know. I've never seen anything ever. Yeah. What? <laughs> I guess I... it was just the episodes that I saw. Then people were, like... It, they were good amounts of, like, being stupid and handing things over to cops when you shouldn't. Right. And, uh, uh, and also, there were some confrontational people who were, like, no, what the fuck? Screw you. I'm not helping. Well, there was so there was the one woman who was like, "I'm not going to give you fingerprints because of I took a sociology class and I know that the government's spying on me too much." But that was because she'd murdered somebody. <laughs> Turns out that was. But her, there was her the uh, oh god, which episode was it? I swear I took notes. <laughs> there was oh I watched Mayhem that one. Yeah, the, season four, episode seventeen. That was the that was the one I think with a lot of shit in it, but also it had the son of Sam killer. Yeah, that w- that was a weird episode. It but was, there were yeah. lots of people in there were that did not want to talk to the cops and did not want to help them out or like fuck you guys, figure it out. I okay, so I feel like um man, I don't know how to say this. I I I feel like also sometimes helping the cops is is okay for the good of the well, world. Like if I yes, like I know especially if you're trying to catch the son of Sam. Yeah, they're trying to catch the son of Sam sometimes, and I, I don't know, Curtis. I think you can. I mean, I want I want your opinion on specifically this. at least once they were trying to catch the son of Sam. I just thought I just like that part of it. Yeah, that was. I he was just a guy who like enjoyed just a dog enthusiast. I don't know what the big deal was. <laughs> He did have other enthusiasms, like shooting teenagers in cars, right? Yeah, but because yeah. he had to. <laughs> oh, yeah. That that dog just would knock it off his back. You well, right. there, so, so, But he's got... I mean, I have a real... I, sometimes I have a problem with authority. If a dog tells me what to do, I'd be like, Mr. Miffles, I'm not going to do that. But, Alex, at the same time, I really feel like uh, you're losing the point of that episode mayhem because the guy who does try to act you know with the cops for a little bit ends up getting murdered in prison for a crime he didn't commit oh yeah i forgot about Doesn't that really yeah. help your argument that you're like yeah, yeah i just go along with them you know i think you okay <laughs> to do the, uh, help the cops until you like, you find yourself getting murdered over a bologna sandwich i mean <laughs> you remember yeah. that well i would just give up the bologna sandwich <laughs> uh, yeah, I, that, you can't just give. You can't just do that. I mean, this is a bad sign too. Is that in in my memory of that episode, I was I forgot that he had been innocent. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Uh, it's I, a good metaphor. That's just holding up a mirror to the like, American justice system, Alex. That's all you're doing. I you mean, know? that's one thing that I do feel that's weird about shows like this is that in the real world, I am re- like I feel like the justice system is horribly broken. But when you show me a show like this, I root for the justice system because they believe in justice, and it turns out I also like justice, and <laughs> I like things, yeah. be- and also I like puzzles, and so I like them getting the answer right. I like them finding the right people. 
Um, yes, yeah, that's very satisfying. And I love competence porn, right? I love the, I love <laughs> like uh, Doctor Olivet knowing her shit, and I love uh, she's the psychologist. I don't think we saw her in any of these mm. episodes. Um, but I mean, Alex, like, do you enjoy like if someone was trying to do a crossroads and like for fifteen down they pit man innocently murdered in prison? Like they're just <laughs> fucking up the answer. Then like they're not even they're, that's not competence porn. That's not solving riddles. That's just incompetence getting innocent people yeah. motives like so, well so but by and large on this show and like like i mentioned the, uh, another one the, the the da uh getting rid of those trials like redoing those trials because of the fingerprints mm-hmm. like even mm-hmm. though some of those people were definitely innocent and they were going to lose later they were just they wanted to get it right um now granted we also watched the comedy club episode where they like may have killed that woman to try to investigate. Yeah, what about I was going to say coma when the government can decide to pull a bullet out of your brain without your permission and murder you. Yeah. Sweet. Well, but they made her sister an accomplice. <laughs> Actually, let's talk about that episode because that was of the episodes I picked for you. Did, uh, Amanda and Curtis, did you see Coma? No. Okay, Curtis. 5.02, well, um, the one with the comedy club owner. With Larry Miller in it as the Oh no, I think I dead. I don't know that I saw that one. That's no. all right. So this is one of my favorite episodes of this show, and it's so not just because it has a comedy club in it. So the well, I like okay, so I like it because a the comedy club owner, real piece of garbage, and that makes me laugh. <laughs> uh, just a terrible person. Um, but also I like so so the gist of the episode. So uh, this woman is found murdered in her car. Uh, they think it's probably the or she's been shot. She's not. She's in a coma, but she's been shot in in the head. She's in a coma. They, the investigation leads them to her husband, who's a real piece of shit, and he, um, he even he's he's been abusive to her, and he sort of uses that as an alibi to prove the other thing is real. Like there's a point where his argument is like, no, obviously I didn't kill her. You know that because I abused her. It was like really weird. Um, and it kind of worked legally. So it's really shitty. He's a real shitty person. And the, they, so they try really hard to get him on this murder, including they take the, they do, they encourage, uh, the sister to sign off on a paper to have the doctor do the surgery to get the bullet out of the brain, which ends up killing her while, uh, while they're doing it. Cause it was super dangerous. But and then it turns out the bullet doesn't match his gun, and so they're like, mm. "We did all this. We killed her. We it's the wrong person. They have to uh, cancel the charges, which means they can't charge him again because of double jeopardy. All of this happens, and he is innocent, and you hate him so much. And then they find yeah. the killer, and you're like, "Oh man, I wish that guy, other guy, was guilty, but this crackhead did it." And then at the very end of the episode, they find a tape of that crackhead doing stand up at the guy's comedy club. And so they're like, oh, he probably did it for that guy, but we can't prove it and double jeopardy. And like the guy just gets away. And it's so like twisting and it's so difficult for justice. And also um, that guy, comedy club owners usually suck. And uh, there's just so much good stuff about it. It It's just such a rich, fascinating episode. Uh, It's also played by Larry Miller, who's been in a bunch of stuff. So it's really cool to see him playing like a scumbag comedy club owner like i thought he was actually really good in the episode i believe he is he um he's a he's a he's a comedian right yeah yeah i mean larry millie's a stand-up he's also been in like 10 things i hate about you yeah. that's like the dad and that he's in everything like he's he was in guys. the princess diaries yeah yeah <laughs> that's a good yeah, movie yeah larry Miller's- <laughs> your taste is so unpredictable i like triumph man wow uh, anyway, I just I thought that was just such a rich and, and interesting episode, and 
yeah, it just made me feel so conflicted about the whole process. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And I like when they're kind of wrong, um, but also trying to do what's right. But then they like sometimes they push too far. I don't know. Oh, see, I, I just I just watch and listen to too much actual true crime stuff where things yeah. like that happen for it to be well, <laughs> entirely yeah. amusing. I I've, I said this before on the show when we watched the uh, Making a Murder, which is that I yeah. watched, I watched a ton of of Law and Order, and then I started watching true crime, and true crime is way less satisfying because there's no answer. Mm. Mm-hmm, I really mm-hmm. like fake crime; it's way better. Oh, I, I spent like all of Making a Murderer just yelling at the TV. Oh yeah, it's infuriating. Really <laughs> yeah. Well, hey Alex, uh, hey buddy, stay woke. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. Uh, yeah, making murder was really infuriating because it was just so hard to pin that kid down. Like, I mean, I wanted him to get in trouble for the murder he committed. Right? Yeah. Watching <laughs> the um. Just, the so-called experts give their testimony oh, was yeah, like that was exceedingly so painful. Oh yeah, like sitting there watching it and going, "You just made that up. I know you made that up." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you're just you're just blatantly lying. Nobody's calling you on your lying. What the fuck? <laughs> so does does watching a show like this, where it makes sometimes at least not always, but sometimes looks the cops and the prosecutors and the experts look competent? Is is that dangerous? Is that like should it be? Does is, should it be way more cynical? Ooh, that's a really good question. <laughs> I feel like this is a thing. This is like not. This is my like small conspiracy theory that like I have not invested a lot of time into. But like, if the last couple times there's been like a major shooting and there's a lot of online like mm-hmm. uh, rage about it, or any time that there's like an acquittal and there's a lot of online rage about it, it seems like there are a lot more episodes shown where the cops are just sh- like people doing their best. Yeah. Like across the board, it's like anytime there's like a major outrage, it seems like all programming is like, we're going to do all cop positive stuff this week. Mm. Well, there's oh, also a, um, saying. there's this thing about like the, the way people, we, we don't get justice in real life. So people want, yeah. Justice in a fiction to make us yep. feel bad. It's it's this weird escapist thing. Was like why we don't go out and burn stuff a lot. It's because we get distracted <laughs> enough. Like I remember seeing this. I was Jake talking Wolf to someone in the streets. Safe. I, I was talking <laughs> to someone a while ago about uh, the Wolf of Wall Street and how the person hated yeah. the movie, hated the ending because they, he was like they should have changed it. And had that FBI director, because it ends, you know, the FBI director learning he goes to prison, but he's, like, riding the subway, you know, broke, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. anything's a glory. He's like, you should have had, like, a more happy ending. I was like, but that's not what happened in real life. He's like, yeah, but I'd feel better if yeah. they changes. Like, okay, but the guy got away in real life. The FBI agent did ride the thing, like, underpaid and underappreciated. Like, you're not upset that this happens all the time, but you want your media <laughs> to fix the problem. You want your... <laughs> Your stories that tell a better truth than the one we have, uh, and it's it's like I, I think that's agree a very with that purposeful or, or thing. Do you think that that is wrong? I mean, I think I think it's wrong that like we use it to feel better. I understand it because you know, like what what is what's the point of storytelling, right? We we tell stories as a people to like make sense of our world. Like that's why we do it, and like I get that, but I think it's also like a a shame and a way that it's become like a. You know, sort of like a reverse 
1984ism, like a very brave new world type of society mm. when we're like, we're placated. We don't really get upset at things because mostly media has heroes making the world make sense. Uh, I and yeah, I feel real mixed about we that. We stay lazy. We we choose to pit trackers and microphones in our pockets, and we don't get upset because you know Batman's gonna beat the bad guy in the end, so the world will be fine. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, that's a that's a, well, yeah, that's like that. I didn't realize how contentious that like movie was in retrospect. Like people have really been writing about how like all these superhero movies are all about the Patriot Act and why yeah. must yeah. give ultimate power to the richest person who seems reasonable enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I, Batman. I much prefer kid. the dark ending of Wonder Woman, where she literally murders a god <laughs> and then has to get a desk job. <laughs> <laughs> well, she should be lucky Very to realistic. get a desk job. It's World War II era, and she's a woman. Well, <laughs> I, I believe at the end it's modern time, but yeah, and also it was World War One. Um, yeah, but oh, that's a way less eventful war. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to uh, had this long talk with my wife about that, where she was like, "It's weird that they kept portraying World War II with like these different symbols." And they didn't really talk like they talked about all the poison. But they didn't really talk about the Holocaust part and. It's, it's, and which is like it's such an innocent and reasonable mistake to make because we just don't see a lot of World War One stuff. We just forget yeah, about yeah. Don't almost like not not X Men I think, but don't most superhero franchises skip over the World War Two because otherwise you have to explain why Superman just let the Holocaust happen. Oh <laughs> shit, that's such an interesting point. Why did Wonder Woman let this happen? Yeah, Wonder she was Woman's right there. She's responsible for the Holocaust. <laughs> but superhero comics were really popular in the 1940s. Yeah. That was a whole thing, you know, go fight yeah. the Nazis. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Superman did do something about Hitler in the 40s. Like, there's comic books when you can oh, yeah. see Superman punching Hitler in oh, the yeah, face. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, yeah, that was before Superman had any powers and he was just like a good football player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, that al- so does, that also means that like why is that, like why is Batman not doing anything about ISIS right now? Why is he so busy yeah. yep. fighting a clown in New York? Get you your shit together, Batman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I'm so mad about this now. <laughs> That's a good point, Curtis. All right, I have just one more thing uh, to uh, one more. Oh question. no, man! Let's keep doing this. I got all this time. Yeah, some <laughs> of us have to work. Um, what you gotta do, man? I teach a class. Oh, you teach your comedy class? Those yeah, are good. I got oh, these adults who are trying to learn how to be funny for the first time, and they're really cute. Oh, I gotta go tell them that their ideas are valid. I have to go sell a lot of drugs. Yeah, Anthony's so. got some drugs to deal later too, so we gotta hurry. Um, so. <laughs> legally kind of so anyway um <laughs> i mean statewide it's legal federally you know it's a whole other set of issues yeah. but bring it on jeff sessions and, I yeah anthony's one of man. the enemies of jeff, jeff sessions right now yeah. uh, <laughs> in, in that whole harmless industry so, that he's working in <laughs> so a good good man then <laughs> yeah, yeah he, i'm out there fighting the good fight what are you fucks doing today <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I just want to ask one more question, which is our normal segment of lightning bonus round. We're going into lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. Here we go. We're going to finish this shit. 
And a uh, lightning bonus round is uh, where we get people from the crowd to participate. We also just, and today I got kind of mushed together because we we're talking about other stuff and it was really fun. And I only had one question for people, which was uh, I just want to know favorite character, which since you guys haven't watched as much of this, it's a little hard. Um, we got a couple of good answers online, but like, what was a, who, do you guys have a, a favorite character from the the episodes of this you watched? Or it could be from SVU. That That's fine with me too. Oh, well, you got to say Munch. Everybody has to say Munch if you're bringing in SVU. Okay, tell me about Munch because I have not watched Munch. Is Munch uh, the... No, no, that's Monk. Never mind. Go ahead. Munch? <laughs> oh, if we can say Monk across TV, <laughs> I would say Monk. I, I, actually, I would Are open up serious? to favorite cop character in other shows, too. That'd be interesting. It's well, definitely Monk. He's not even a cop. He got kicked off the force after Judy <laughs> back. You know this. And you oh. know... The uh the like monks Richard Belzer is a character like the story behind Monk as well. Munch as well. No. Oh he's like tied to like every T V universe yeah. or something. Yeah, so he didn't start on Law and Order. He started on like Homicide and then he's been in every Law and Orders as Munch. He was in the wire as Munch. He is in like every Wait, major really? cop show. Yeah, Richard Belzer has played Munch. Like he is the actual <laughs> connective tissue that ties all, <laughs> so, all TV cop shows together. No kidding. So basically, uh, oh, he's a stand-up comic too. Um, yeah. So Richard basically, Belzer? we're all in the John Munch cinematic universe. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's in The Wire as that character in season five. Like he is, he plays that character all over the place. So I would definitely. I agree because he's probably one of the, I think, the best like Law and Order characters that way. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, Homicide Life on the Streets, NSVU, tons of... Man, that guy's gotten some work. Yeah. Four episodes <laughs> of Law and Order, one episode of The Never had to take off those sunglasses. One episode of Arrested Development, <laughs> one episode of The Wire, two episodes of 30 Rock. Man. Good yeah. for him. Wow. Uh... uh Rose to the rank you of sergeant. You get to see every stand-up comic. Yeah. Like, yeah do you, like- you get to see Jim Gaffigan get in trouble for shit. You get to see Robin Williams <laughs> oh, get yeah. in trouble for yeah. That's one of the best things about Law & Order is that uh, Law & Order is like, it's the first acting job of everybody you've ever heard of. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the thing they used to say, right? Like, if you move to New York and you can't book Law and Order within, like, the first year, you're obviously not very good. Like, <laughs> you, should, you should be able to, like, book it within a few years, get a, a role in that, you know? Like, at least be a dead body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. my uh, Ryan Dalton is a comic from Cleveland. He moved to L.A. And uh, within the first month of him being here, he got his first role as a dead body. Oh, shit. <laughs> Aww. It was like his arrival. I was really excited for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, um, that's pretty dope. Yeah, that's a good, a, you know. People on Facebook and Twitter had like uh, some good talks about uh, Lenny Briscoe versus Jack McCoy versus Adam Schiff. Um, so obviously Lenny Briscoe is the, the long-running detective. Um, Jack McCoy is the DA, the originally young, eventually old DA. And if you pick Jack McCoy, you're wrong. I mean, obviously he is... Well. <laughs> It's fucked up how he cheated on Lily Tomlin for all those years. <laughs> I don't get that, but it's Anthony likes it, so I like it. <laughs> uh, what I don't, what is problematic with him is that he does have a habit of sleeping with his assistant district attorneys, um, uh, it, which is like one is the first one was romantic and beautiful, and the second one now you're a predator. Yeah, everybody gets yeah. one assistant DA, and it's not fair of him to take two of them. 
it is amazing how like one is how the first one I thought it was beautiful and then and she died in a car accident slash she quit the show. Um uh but uh and actually I think her le- or she got fired and that's why Chris Noth left is out of uh, solidarity. But anyway, um she left and so they were just like, "Oh, this season she's just gone. She died in a car accident. Super sad. Goodbye." Um but uh it is a uh, I, it, it, like it was so beautiful, and I like, liked them together. And then it was real sad when he started dating the next assistant DA. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh, you just have a type, and that type is people who work for you and can't say no." You know? <laughs> oh, yeah, too, that's not problematic at all. Too, too real. The power dynamic yeah. makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if they did a uh, spinoff, and it was just the other cops and the other lawyers that had to take other cops and other lawyers to task for sexual misconduct. Okay. So this is actually, so we, uh, and I, which they, cause they show what's the internal affairs. Yeah. Um, I, 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 probably. Um, and in a bunch of different shows, cop shows I've seen, there's like IAD shows up and the cops hate them. They're like cops who other cops hate cause they investigate Uh the blue wall. Has there been a show about just an internal affairs department? Because that sounds fascinating and topical. Yeah, it's getting, <laughs> yeah. It's getting razzied all the time. <laughs> oh, someone, someone uh, poured coffee in my locker again. Uh, the answer it. is uh, <laughs> yes. It's called Against the Wall. Huh. Is it on? How did it do? Uh, <laughs> it looks like it did not do well. I got one season. Um, six episodes done. <laughs> uh, thirteen. It got a full thirteen episode oh, okay. buy, but uh, which for forty three minute epi- episodes means still a lot of TV, but did not it did not oh. go um, in two thousand eleven. Well, that means there's still room for ours. Our pilot. Man, I had a <laughs> I had an idea for a pilot yesterday, and I described it to somebody, and they were like, "Oh yeah, that show is it's starting in a week." Um, that- <laughs> it was real disappointing. But anyway, well, maybe I'll write my internal affairs pilot, and that'll go. Oh, there was also a movie called Internal Affairs. Oh, two movies. Infernal. Yeah, the things that the opponent is based off. Infernal so, Affairs. Okay, no, but there's also Internal Affairs 1990. Oh. Infernal Affairs 2002. Anyway. Oh, Line there's of Duty? There's also a movie called Cruel Intentions. Anyway, <laughs> this is a... <laughs> you this is, uh, see Fatal Instinct 2? I, I did not. This is the Final part where we just Google stuff. Final Destination. Final <laughs> Destination. What I Googled and found out that I thought was super cool... Uh, the episode that you had us watch, it was called Release. Uh-huh. That was directed by the guy who did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> the, uh, I thought it was weird when I, uh, Vanilla Ice came out and rapped <laughs> about the law at the end. The, the Godfather Part 2 of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series. Yeah. <laughs> we see we see Splinter do his first kill as a young young rat. Look his way up. It was dark, but actually better. <laughs> I know it was you, Mikey. Never betray the family. Uh, yeah, that was fun. I so that episode I picked. I, so I was kind of interested in the rip from the headlines aspect of the show, which we haven't talked about that much. Mm. And that was the guy for the girls gone wild guy. Yeah. Um, and I liked that because it was one of the few episodes where the person is like, I'm not going to take a deal because I'm in it or even because I'm going to get acquitted because the jury's going to believe me because I'm likable and rich. And then like two seconds later, the jury's like guilty 25 years. So Ooh. I enjoyed that. Oh, God, that was super satisfying. Yeah, because yeah, that guy sucked. Yep. <laughs> um, and also they were kind of wrong. Like he actually it feels like the jury was wrong, but for the right reasons. Yes. Yep. 
Um, yeah, that was fun. I, I enjoyed that episode. Although that was kind of an oogie crime, so I, I didn't like that part of it. But Yeah, that's definitely an oogie one. My, my, my top note for that is, oh God, why did I pick this one? Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I picked it because I thought it was funny to get the Girls Gone Wild guy in there, and I had forgotten what the episode was like. But also I wanted to get something late, because that was season 17, so that was... Yeah. That was way after the shark jump. That that show was that was after the show was just kind of chugging along. Um, yeah, we also watched Robert Durst and Son of Sam, so we could get some like rip from the headlines. The, although the rip from the headlines thing is funny because I was reading about those and I was like, oh man, I watched all these episodes and I did not know that, that they were related to real life. Mm-hmm. I turns out just don't know that much about real life. Yeah, that Son of Sam one would never have clicked for me, and like I'm a nerd about those things. So. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. I actually like that because then it's not because yeah. if it was really just like here are just trials you've heard of but done fictionally I would kind of right. yeah exhausted by that oh and also uh, uh, my uh, by far the best character in the show the city of New York oh, <laughs> <Jesus>. absolutely <laughs> those cu- those blue coffee cups for some reason just really stuck with me I just it was like such an important part of the early seasons and when you go to New York now you don't find them as often but. But that's still like how everybody signifies, you're in New York, look, there's blue coffee cups. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, wait, which reminds me, have you guys all been to New York at some point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, did you ever get coffee and a bagel at the same time? No. No. Here's the fucked up thing about New York, you guys. They put the coffee in the bag. What? If you order what? coffee and a bagel, really? they take a bag, they put the bagel in the bag, they fill a cup of coffee, they put the coffee in the bag, roll up the top of the bag, and hand you the bag. Because they assume you're getting on the subway, and you need to have the bag with the coffee and the bagel in one hand, and your subway pass in the other. So they uh-huh. put the coffee in the bag, and it's so scary, I was so sure I was going to spill coffee all the time, but people are pretty good at it. New York, put the coffee in the bag. <laughs> it seems like just a sad way to live. <laughs> You gotta like, have your the coffee edge? in your. It's because they want you to have it in the bag because every day on the way to work you're gonna find a dead body. So when you, <laughs> <laughs> you need a free hand to <laughs> <laughs> to call that nine one one. Yeah, yeah. be ready. All right, that's a good ending for lightning bonus round. If you want to play along, I'm sorry I didn't get to a lot of your answers. We just uh, this has been having so much fun. But uh, go to read-weep.com and you can sign up on their mailing list where you get the cool weekly weep every week, and you can play along. You get the uh, question early, or you can do Facebook or Twitter. And we'll ask you whatever we're talking about this week. And uh, this week, I would also love you to follow up by telling me uh, about your experience with other Law and Orders. And also, what's a good background show for you? Um, now it's time for the minor compliments. We're going to go in reverse order, which means, Anthony, you are up first. What's your last nice thing about Law and Persan Order? Um, uh, it's, it had a great run. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of... I'm kind of glad it's still not chugging along. It's just it's just such an impressive thing. It really is. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what else to say about Law & Order that has what people said. It's just, it's, it is the procedural. It is the thing. It's up there with like Twilight Zone or I think any other like super iconic TV thing. Like You can't ever take that away from it. It's just a really impressive thing. I'm, I'm glad it exists. Yeah. I have got any specific compliments right now. It's just I'll take it's, that. An, it's an institution. It's amazing. Like How often does something like that really happen? Uh, in TV, too much anymore. You know, it's yeah, cool. It is, yeah. It's, it's it was tied with Gunsmoke for the m- most seasons of a mm-hmm. primetime drama. Mm-hmm. For it to have run twenty seasons is insane, yeah. and it was also yeah. still kind of a surprise when it got canceled, which is uh, yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and that's that's why it got to be every actor in New York, and that's why it got to be like every story that's ever happened in real life, and why you got to have fifteen different casts. And it's incredible 
the breadth of casts that we got because there's so many different casts that are incredible. Like they did a, a pretty great job uh, with with casting people. Mm. Um, actually, that kind of goes to my minor compliment too, which is that the sh- the show was so confident and it had been going for so long on the formula that they got to like really start playing around with aspects of the formula. So my favorite thing is the cold open where they find the body because in the first season it was like. Um, the, you're like two people are doing something dangerous and then one of them gets killed and you're like that's the person I was expecting to die in this cold open but then they started oh. screwing with you where like uh, you know in the fifth season or the tenth season it'd be like two people get in an argument one pulls out a gun and then they're like no actually let's be nice to each other and they put the gun away and then they're walking away holding hands and then they find a body and <laughs> so they really started screwing with you later on uh, you know or like uh, two people are doing a drug deal and then they drop the, like a piece of paper and that piece of paper flutters on the wind and it kills somebody. And then you're like, oh, it's that guy. You just never expect who's going to be the dead person, which I think is great. I, 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 do, I do like the idea that like uh, wh- whoever, like one of the most fun of writing a Law & Order episode has to be like the mindless banter two people have before they find a body. Yeah. So there's always like, <laughs> like the braces one is such a good example. It just opens with like, we got to find your braces, Timmy. They're somewhere in this trash. Oh, <laughs> father's going to be so upset when he threw them out. Yeah. Oh, mom, what's this? I you know, love like it. Every, every episode opens with something like that. I just, I love that. It's kind so of fun. Uh, anyway, uh, also, I guess as a bonus minor compliment, I do like, I like uh, titles with ampersands in them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot, a lot more movies. A, I'm just a like, real font nerd. Well, I like, I mean, yeah, for for a lot of stupid reasons, I like it because it screws up a lot of websites. Because um, <laughs> having an ampersand in a title is often an annoying for websites to render. But uh, I, I, I think I talked about this on when we did the pain and gain episode because that's got the ampersand. But also, it just looks cool. Um, yeah. And uh, do you, yeah. Do you know the difference between ampersand and and in like uh, writing credits? Ooh, I do not. Uh, the the SAG, uh, the rules with that. So if you see an ampersand in between two people's names, it means they are credited co-writers together. They worked on one draft to completion. Oh, uh, and they like an each got and, half a salary. Yeah, an and is these two people worked on different passes of the same script, or they both brought mm-hmm. something different, mm-hmm. but they didn't work as a team. So a lot of times with movies where they have, especially movies that have like The Mummy had like six writers, right. you saw two sets of apisans and then two ands in between. Because like this group worked on the script and this guy came in to rewrite it, then this guy came in to rewrite it, then this other group finished it or something yeah. like that. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah, little something to keep an, out, uh, an eye out for in credits. You'll I should notice have, that a lot. Uh, on Ezra and I's book, we should have put the ampersand in between our names because we worked on it together. <laughs> uh, I, by the way, my, just as a, as, a, as a super bonus, my favorite uh, movie with an ampersand is Zip and Zap and the Marble Gang because Zip and Zap have an ampersand and then a regular and the Marble Gang. Did they find out what happened to Zop? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're fired. Um uh, all right, you're on fired. Actually, man, it's your turn. What's your minor compliment for Law and Persant Order? Uh, I like the way that they they had some real attention to detail in these shows. Um, so the the Son of Sam episode, um, I was trying to remind myself what the fuck the Son of Sam was. I couldn't remember which serial killer he was. So I pulled up the Wikipedia page. And, like, the gun that they used is like, ah, oh, he's been shooting people with this, looks exactly like the Son of Sam oh. gun. And it's kind of a distinctive thing. Like, oh, well done. Yeah, nice. that's, that's probably, like, a famous... Because uh, well, he, he was the... Wasn't he, like, the thirty two caliber killer was his other name? 
was the I thought it was the a forty four. Forty four caliber killer, yeah. But like the the name yeah. of the gun is part of his nickname, I think. Right. Yep. Yep. And it's like this distinctive, like wooden handled, weird, yeah, sort of uh, specific gun. Yeah. Uh, that shows how much I know about guns. Yeah, I don't. Mm. It's not my thing. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that is cool. That's a great little attention to detail. Um, Curtis, I guess that leaves you. What's your minor compliment? Oh, there's just so much to choose from. <laughs> yeah, I already took the ampersand, so you got to find something else. Yeah, I was gonna go with the ampersand, but <laughs> I'm sure that you one's were. Gone. You know, I just like, uh, I just like that the phrase "Dick Wolf" is like <laughs> out in the world now. <laughs> it's a simple thing but just like it's fun to say it's like Azerbaijan (laughs) (laughs) Azerbaijan is pretty fun to say Azerbaijan is fun to say Djibouti is fun to say I like to say I like to say Trinidad and Tobago but I just I like to mush them together as Trinibago oh man you know what I've never met someone from Tobago I don't think it's real (laughs) You think everyone think from Trinidad is just it lying about this mysterious other part? Yeah, I think they just like made up this part of town nobody likes. Like they put all the virgins there, and they're like, "You're Tobago." Uh, or it, yeah, so it'd be like like North Dakota and South Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> is no one from South, South Dakota? Dakota? I don't Dago. believe South Dakota is real. Uh, actually, so I just I hadn't. I actually looked up this up before, but uh, Tobago looks to be maybe one tenth the size of Trinidad. Trinidad is much, much that larger. might explain it. Yeah, is it like part the of it. Vatican of Rastafarianism? It's what? You know how the Catholics have the Vatican City, which is like its own country inside yeah. of a country. Uh huh. Is you go that for like Rasta men? <laughs> it could be. This is where they. This is their palace. It's Are there Rastas in Tobago? I don't know. Where are... Is that even real? I'm realizing now I've only ever met people at music festivals who say it's real, but I don't think I've ever met Rastafarian. Uh, I could not tell it's you. It's just like a myth. It's, it's like Shingula. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. People refer to it at festivals. Right, right. I've been there once, man. I've seen it with my own eyes. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, everybody. We are going to be back again hey, next hey, week. What if we just kept talking about Law & Order, man? We, <laughs> some of us got to go to work, Curtis. What 40-year-old dad suggested you watch this? I was in jury duty. That's what happened. Oh, that's right. Did you find them guilty? I, I So I was not on a jury this time, but the last time I was on a jury, I did find them guilty, and I was the foreman. And then later, like that afternoon, I was on the same Max train as the lady who had We'd found guilty, and it was real weird. Ooh, that's oh, not no. I, I was hiding in the corner of this train, hoping she would not notice me. What that did she do? so cringy. She oh. uh, hit a, a... She, like, ran... She, her car crashed into a uh, street light and knocked it over, and then she left. Oh, oh she got to go oh, to jail for that. I don't know what she had to do. Like, and, and it's... This is so... At the time, this was a big part of the discussion. The jury room was like, it's stupid that she would be in trouble for this. And the judge was very clear in his instructions that that's not what the question is. The question is the facts. Did they do this? Not should this be a crime? 
And at the time, I was like, well, I'm a rule follower, and this judge is very intimidating, so let's do what he said. But then, a couple weeks ago, uh, Radiolab had an episode about how that's called jury nullification, where you decide the law is stupid, and it's yes. a hugely controversial, like, really complicated yeah. issue. That's how, oh. to not, that's how to not get on a jury, say that you believe in jury nullification. Yeah, it turns out. <laughs> they hate that. Yeah. Fun yeah. fact, if you do want to get on a jury, though, in my experience, tell them you're a comic. Because when they were asking all the people in that potential jury pool, they were asking their jobs, and they were, like, arguing over what it would be. They got to me, and they were like, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a stand-up comedian. And the two judge, the two jur- uh, two lawyers looked at each other, and they were like, cool. And they shrugged, and then they just moved <laughs> on. No follow-up questions. <laughs> Nothing That's about inoffensive. So <laughs> next time I get called to jury duty, when they ask me what I do for a living, say I'm writing a dissertation on the benefits of jury yeah, nullification. Exactly. <laughs> That's pretty good. And you've never tried comedy. opening line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this time, the the actually the the craziest part of the jury duty was at the end of the second day. They were it was like halfway through the second day, and they were like, "All right, I'm gonna let we're gonna let you all go, except five of you." who are going to be on a grand jury for the next month. This is to a room of 200 people. And they're like, we're going to call five. It was very the lottery feeling. Uh, And all you had to do was call the five people, bring them into a separate room, and then just let us all go. But they said it in like the most shitty way just to make everyone really anxious. And uh, they called an Alexander, not me. Oh, no. So I (laughs) definitely left a small puddle of pee behind me in that... (laughs) jury waiting <laughs> I'm so scared because uh, the grand jury is such a commitment and yeah, at ten dollars a day not worth for it three months you did yeah I didn't oh a you friend friend of mine did. Had oh. to. Yeah. yeah it's so it was crazy like three days a week for three months yeah oh man that is a like a real job do you get paid more than ten dollars a day I don't think so um, but they do try to make sure to only select people for whom it will not be a financial hardship so just retired people well, like my friend's job, where they they're like, well, we're not going to decrease your salary just because you're doing jury duty. Oh, so. that's cool. I guess that's yeah. good for me. It would have definitely been a hardship unless they paid SAG minimum, and then I would be like, best gig. <laughs> Cast me as a juror. I'm all about it. I could. <laughs> I can get into this. Uh, anyway, so uh, uh, where were we? Oh, we were trying to leave. So thank you guys for listening. Um, next week we're going to be talking about bubble guppies. So this is a show that Ezra's kids have been watching, as well as my buddy Tyler Bowe, who's a comic who's been on the show before. And anyway, both their kids have been watching Bubble Guppies. I have not, obviously, but I am now. And so we're going to be talking about some fun kids show stuff. So check that out next week. Oh, and then after that, we have a very exciting thing coming up. Uh, because it's almost our 400th episode, and it's also coincidentally just about our eighth year anniversary, right around the same time, we are going to be doing Revisit Month. So starting in July, we're going to be revisiting four topics that we've talked about on the show before that we either think we didn't quite nail the first time or we just want to see how our opinions have changed. Hopefully all culminating in a very exciting episode number 400 where we reread Twilight, the book that started it all. So please uh, uh, join us for those. If you have an opinion on what we should read, you can tweet at us. If you're a meat buddy, you can vote on those, which actually is going to matter. So if you're a meat buddy, you know where to go. Go into the voting system, into the meat buddy voting system, and uh, select from our revisit topics or suggest one that we ha- no one suggested yet. I can't wait. I'd like to watch Cool Dog again because that dog is pretty cool. Uh, and because that was an easy one. But I'm guessing people want to do the hard ones, so we'll see. Uh, and if you want to pick a topic, uh, reminder, you can go to readdustweep.com slash meatbuddies. 
which is business but also meat um support the show and uh by becoming a donor and you can also help us choose topics and some other fun fringe benefits uh thanks for being here at anthony lopez part two thank you for having me at amendable thanks for having me and uh also uh skeptic.org thanks for being here amanda always fun to talk to you thanks for sharing your uh your professional experience and knowledge with us uh, indeed. Anytime I can, you know, pull bullshit numbers about fingerprints out of the air. It does seem, feel like that was the one, that was your big moment to shine and you panicked a little bit at the end. <laughs> I think you may have fallen off just it's, when we needed you. It's, there's, there's a graph. It's very complicated. I, I'm glad it's complicated. It was, it, it's kind of weird if it was just like, oh, we found seven, but they don't look the same, but that's enough. Uh, yeah, it's a, I didn't think you wanted me to go into, like, heat maps and things. Oh, I did. When did I not want that? (laughs) I did listen to a podcast recently that talked about fingerprints uh, and how we don't actually, no one believes anymore that your fingerprint is actually unique, that, like, there's a lot of people who probably have the same fingerprints as you. Yeah, that's, that's true. There's, like, maybe, not a lot, but, like, maybe 10, and so, like, uh, sometimes they just match your fingerprints and you weren't there and you have to get investigated for a bombing on the other side of the world. Yeah, I, w- I would believe it. This is why you don't hand over your fingerprints, kids. <laughs> don't do it. All right, we got it. Uh, and uh, Curtis Cook, at Curtis underscore Cook on Twitter. Thank you for having me. This was a lovely time. It was so fun. Thanks for watching the show and for talking to us. And also, everybody check out the Jim Jeffries show on Comedy Central. Yeah. Oh, if you like Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> They're almost identical. <laughs> uh, Tuesdays at 10.30, 9.30 Central after the new a uh, new Tosh.0. Is that when it's on? That is when it's on. As of like watch. 12 days ago. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I will uh, talk to you guys all again. Enjoy. Thanks for telling us all about that show, Curtis. Um I thought you were going to be like, yeah, here's what we're doing. But you were just like, that's what it's on? All right. <laughs> oh, I didn't want to. I don't know what we're doing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're just leaving. Uh, and then you found a what foot. What we talked about? Uh, I'm so lonely, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nope. Got to go. All right. I'll talk to everybody next week. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. <laughs>